welcome to episode 111 of In The Movie Podcast. Nelson. <laughs> what? It's a cricket thing, it's like unlucky. Is it? Oh no, yeah. don't say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for, for Englishmen, I think for the Aussies it's like 87 or 89. Uh, 87, it's 13 short of 100. 80, 87 is an unlucky one for the Aussies, but, but for England it's 111-222-333. <laughs> I don't know why it's called Nelson. <laughs> Let's see if it's unlucky for this week's films. You won't get a more random digression than that. I've got to get that one in the first 30 seconds for you. Before we've even introduced ourselves, I'm Callum Reid of Ultimately.com. And I'm Peter Shepherd of uh, not doing my blog anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, everyone. (laughs) Yeah, look that up on Google. It's really really awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It was. (laughs) Oh, God. This is, a pe- this is the perils of having the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to choose one or the other. It's like uh, with women where they have to choose between the ass and the face when they get older. Mm. It's not enough time for both. <laughs> okay. Um. So I wanted to mention last week, Lilting went down an absolute storm on Twitter. Really? <laughs> the Lilting review... Um. Quick apology to Naomi Christie. <laughs> see, see that, that, this is my question because I was going to watch the film just purely so I could abuse you on it. Does she actually have a Manchester accent in the film? I'm, I'm assuming that it is her real accent. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that far away, is it? No, but the thing is, don't you realise that um, man, the uh, apparently um, my one of my mates at university had this thing because we didn't like the city that we lived in, which was Leeds. And he used to say, Dirty Leeds, Dirty Leeds, all the time. And he went to try and actually buy DirtyLeeds.com, but apparently, uh, back then, I'm not sure if it still is now, the, that was actually taken because it was the um, official website of the uh, Manchester United Supporters Association. <laughs> I think they've actually reclaimed it, like Leeds. I think they, they use it like Manchester United use, you know, derogatory terms towards them. Right, so I thought you were going to say that Leeds are like, like the lead, <laughs> the waste dis- waste disposals of Leeds have bought, bought, the, bought the website. Anyway, Naomi Christie's not from Leeds, despite the fact that we went, then went on a digression about so, so Leeds nightlife. Because the reason that happened was because um, it turns out that I uh, we used to play in an orchestra with Felicity Jones when I was younger, and I've completely forgotten this. So um, it, it appears that I may not have actually uh, uh, groped um, uh, this girl in the nightclub in Leeds when I was at university there. <laughs> I'd wager not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she, but she did. Um, we did get retweets from the director. Um, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, and I think favorited by Naomi and. <laughs> The film. <laughs> well, she must have listened to it. Um, yeah. And the film, it's official Twitter retweeted. So. So basically, yeah. so we're gonna have to name a, a segment after every time uh, Cap, uh, one of us gets a, a fact <laughs> st- spectacularly wrong. It's gonna be um, what was the surname Naomi? A Naomi Clanger, Christy Clanger. <laughs> Christy Clanger. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, it's happening. Uh, obviously, that wouldn't have happened if I'd, I'd watched the, the film. film off. If I'd watched the film, because <laughs> I'd be able to tell you no, she wasn't from Leeds. 
Yeah, and then she would have just commented about that probably still. Yeah, so it still yeah, would yeah. have t- taken over the podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Much like this one. <laughs> okay. Um. So, yeah. So, do we have any non-film news this week? I don't think so. Okay. Um. All right. So, before we get on to the very sad news this week, lots of sad news. Um. Really, I was quite pleased that Man United lost. <laughs> I was going to say, it's nothing to do with sport. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so before we get into sad news, quick, uh, there's been an announcement of the London Film Festival is going to close this year with Fury, which is a film by David Ayer, and it stars Brad Pitt, and it's about the Allied push... Uh, in 1945 to end the Second World War. Okay. Um, it's called the tank. Been called the tank film a lot on Twitter. So really, maybe it's like Lebanon, but with Brad Pitt. <laughs> maybe it's like World War Z without the zombies. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but also in it, Logan Lerman. Oh, plus for you. And Shia LaBeouf. Plus, plus for you. So you're watching this film. <laughs> Definitely. Unlike me, with the new Daniel Radcliffe one, which I saw the trailer for at the cinema. At this Paul, point, Paul Tano's better half. No, oh, you know what? I like Zoe Kazan, so but I'm I. just absolutely sick of this bullshit that Hollywood just keeps on spewing out. <laughs> I'm just no. I'm just. This, it's the wrong month. Week, so. It's the wrong month for this to happen. For this film to come out. It's the wrong time of the month. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Oh. Well, there's lots of options next week, so we don't necessarily have to do that. So, no, there's literally to quote Animal Bob House. <laughs> to quote, no, to quote Animal House, there is zero point zero percent chance I'm seeing that film. And I'm the guy who likes the rom coms. It's true. Okay, I'm gonna scramble to find positives about the film before the end of the podcast. Maybe we'll really? find out Judy Greer is in it or something. Oh God! <laughs> we can one can only live and dream. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So Fury, uh, not massively excited, but mm. good cast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. So we've had two major deaths in the film world this week. Yeah. Major. Major, major. The um first of which we talk about Robin Williams. Yeah. Um. Who's probably taken the lion's share of the the media coverage? Yeah, uh, on the local radio hit uh, when I, I, I listened to at work, they were just playing random clips of his films all morning. Like, uh, they play a couple of songs, then they come and going back from the song, they just go into a clip from like Mrs. Doubtfire or a clip from uh, Good Morning Vietnam or whatever. Yeah, Good Morning Vietnam. He's just so funny. Force of nature. He should really have just been on the radio. It just would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You'd <laughs> listen to him every podcasts. day. Yeah, he'd be he'd be funny than this. <laughs> True, not difficult. <laughs> no, not a challenge. <laughs> um, what what would you say your favorite Robin Williams performance is then? I've got three. I thought I thought I was thinking about this. Uh, I'll take me chronological chronological order. Mm-hmm. Uh, Awakenings. Yeah. Okay. Really, like, really, I just I just find that film really moving, and I think he just plays it uh, beautifully. I was uh, very surprised that. He didn't get the nomination. Yeah. Like, I mean, of the two, I just think he's a lot better. 
Yeah, and the other thing is, wasn't wasn't didn't De Niro have Goodfellas that year as well? Yeah. So they could have gone there. Mm. It was a blood down situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Good grief. Turning down Jennifer Connelly at a bar as if that's ever happened to anyone ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I want to mention Jumanji, mm. um, which is, you know, I think it's my probably one of my favourite Robin Williams films, and I think he's mm. really lovely in it. Um, he just uh, really commands the film, and he's got a great rapport with all of the characters in it. Yeah. He had a rapport with pretty much everyone, mm. you know, but mm. I really like that performance of his. Yeah. Um, the second one, I'm sort of like torn, bet- uh, torn between the two. Um, obviously, I think he's very, very, very good in Good Will Hunting, um, but I don't particularly care for the film at all. Whereas, so w- when I look back on something like, uh, say, Dead Poet Society, um, that just sits better in my mind. Um but the one that I really, that really, really like is Insomnia. Yes, I think, I think he really came to play in that, and he just had had the right pitch between between uh, creepiness and sort of self justification. <laughs> you could actually really believe that he actually um, was de- that deluded that he could um, sort of like think that he that that, that they were pals or whatever. Yeah, or, or that he was, ju- or that he was justified, or that their simulation, or that their situations were remotely similar. I, I think so, not, not as threatening as other actors might have played that role as yeah. well, which made it more interesting. Especially when up against that performance from Pacino, which is just, well, it's it's my favourite of his um, since really the seventies. <laughs> I think I think Swank's really good as well. Yeah, she's very natural for uh, for her. And in the same year, he did One Hour Photo as well, which I think he was quite interesting in. Mm. Which mm. played quite a creepy role in that as well. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what's That's a shame. Yeah. Um, trying to think what else. We've got obviously Mrs. Doubtfire is the one that a lot of people remember. Fisher King was in that. Fisher King, nominated for the Fisher King. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got. See, yeah. I remember. I'm showing my age here. I remember him from Mork and Mindy, but not the first time round. They, they used to they used to reboot that, and I think it was um, Channel Four uh, or something. Yeah, Channel yeah. Four, the six o'clock job. So I remember him from that, really. Um, but um, we've got Hook, which yes. I mean, Hook's a strange one. I thing is, I really liked Hook when I was a kid, and then I mm. grew up and realised that not many people like it. On yeah. the film, in the film, I think Hoffman. I think Hoffman's really good. I think Hoffman really comes to play and treats it with a sufficient amount of camp. Yeah. Um, are we going to mention Aladdin? Because I mean, he's always oh, uh, yeah. he's always talked about when it turn, when it comes to the greatest um, if uh, a, voice performances. If there was going to be a voice nominated, yeah, I mean, he just laid it, he just laid that one completely all out there. <laughs> yeah, I only saw Aladdin for the first time when I was about twenty four or twenty five. <laughs> Because I, complete, I completely missed it uh, the, when I was younger. I was probably about 11 or something when it came out. wasn't mm. interested at that point. I just wasn't interested in animated films at that point in my life. Um, but uh, no, I, I, I thought it was so much fun. And he's obviously the best thing in it. Yes. And Ellen DeGeneres can piss off in comparison. 
Yeah, but that that's up there as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's good. It's a good one. <laughs> um, in comparison, in comparison. <laughs> so I'm just. I'm, it looks like he will be on screen again. Oh, he might be cut out of something I heard. Um. Well, he's in the new Night at the Museum film. Oh right, okay. Um, and a Christmas film. So it's it's a Phil Hoffman situation. It is, yeah. Yeah. Have you got God's Pocket, by the way? Because I, I could have seen that on Sunday, but I, so I can definitely do it for next week. I have got it, yeah. Okay, there we go. In, we usually wait to the end to tell you what's happening next week. There you go. God's Pocket. <laughs> yeah, it's on. Not sure John, what that title like, but... <laughs> John, John Slattery, who apparently is a big thing because of Mad Men, but I know him because he played a couple of episodes of Will and Grace as Will's brother. <laughs> okay, have you seen that guy from Will and Grace has gone in Celebrity Big Brother? Which one? Uh, Sean Hayes? No, um, Leslie, he's, I think he's like, he won an Emmy for guest actor or something. Oh, okay, or supporting okay, okay. actor. Right. He's like really tiny and very calm. Uh, I love that you assume I watch Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, speaking of films, Gary Busey is yes. in it. Oh, really? Yeah, and he just, he's, what a mess that guy is. He is, but... If you think what, he but was that so nomination, good. he is so good he in was. Holy Holy Story. I, was, I didn't like the film that much, but he, no, no, no. he was the film. Yeah, and it's that that film does what the best music biopics do is even if you don't like Buddy Holly's music, and you know what, I don't hate Buddy Holly's music, but I don't particularly care for it. But when it comes to the medley, he does a medley of about four or five songs, really, really fast in a row. Yeah, over a space of about fifteen minutes, and I got goosebumps watching it. And that's that's what really. I mean, I got the same thing in Walk the Line with the false prison yes, gig yeah um i've got the same thing in ray when in George George, right? <laughs> <laughs> come now come now <laughs> but that that's sort of you know when you're really into when you when you but when you buy something's authenticity when that happens when you get a literal physical reaction to it yeah like yeah totally. mm. okay so um second death this week was lauren bacall which is slightly more expected um <laughs> not expected less surprising she's been on your bucket list has she <laughs> no, not bucket. Death. What was it called? No, that. that oh, um, the Deadpool. Deadpool. She's on your Deadpool. That's the Deadpool. Yeah. Oh no, she God. wasn't. She wasn't actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. So Lauren Bacall was not prolific. Um, but she did a lot of wonderful films. Um, and uh, we'll start with to have and have not the debut. Yeah, I mean which, her and. Her and Bogey had a ridiculous uh, uh, screen presence together. Yes. And that's, that's because it was actually real. <laughs> yes. I mean, sometimes you get real couples and they're terrible on screen together. This was because they're actually... This is like a Pitt and Jolly and Mr. and Mrs. Smith situation where um, they're actually like falling for each other as they're doing it, right? Yeah. And he, she was a model and I think he picked her out and Hawks mm. but the script that was really racy that script <laughs> yeah. for the time yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's been like it's been it must be 10 years since I've seen it but I just remember thinking oh <laughs> yeah. but yeah she, she did lots of films with Boggy um, she did The Big Sleep yeah that is an absolute bona, bona fide classic but it also makes zero sense <laughs> because they actually they cut out so much stuff because of the Hayes code oh, that, that you literally literally cannot that the plot literally doesn't make sense 
because the whole point of it, it from the original story is that it's um, they're running a, a porn racket behind a shop. Yeah. But they can't actually show any of that. And then because because of where that part of the plot goes, there's like there is a massive loophole in the plot. It's a wonder it works. Yeah, you know. it, it's. You, you, I, I think I. I don't give it ten out of ten. The only reason I don't give it ten out of ten is because it doesn't make sense. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, she did uh, Dark Passage. Have you seen that? I don't think so. Me neither. Um, Key Largo, yes. which we mentioned we, in the nineteen forty-eight episode. Yeah, she's good in that. Um, mm. How to Marry a Millionaire. Yeah, that's uh, so much fun. But um, without taking the piss. <laughs> Yeah, uh, people always talked about uh, Bacall up for an honorary Oscar for the best part of what eight, ten years before she actually got it, and uh, like Angela Lansbury. Yeah, and I, with Angela Lansbury, my my point of view was well, if you take her as an actress, then yes, but m- most of uh, but that would be including TV and including. Um, uh, the stage, in which case, absolutely no question, because she's got Sweeney Todd, she's got Murder, She Wrote, Legend, Legend. She's yeah. got a couple of absolutely uh, iconic, uh, well, she's got at least one really iconic um, uh, uh, screen performance in uh, The Man Show and Candidate. And she's really good in uh, The Picture of Dorian Gray, which she got nominated for. Yes. Um, Death on the Nile, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that aside, but that aside film wise, I, I didn't think she had that much going on. I think with Bacall, Bacall has a lot of. Uh, quite a few classic titles on her resume, but mainly I think of her as being Bogart's wife. Quite yeah, frankly. not because of her, especially. No, the no. classics. But I think the, my favourite performance of hers is in Written on the Wind. Mm. I really wanted to see that. That was on the to see list of mine. It's really good. Um, Dorothy Malone's really good as well. She won the Oscar supporting. Mm. That's one of the best Cirques, actually. Yeah, but she was in. Dogville, of course. Of course, yeah. Was she in, was she in Mandalay as well? I, can't remember. I don't. Yeah, she was in Mandalay. I'm seeing uh, it here. Murder on the Orient Express. She was one of the myriad. <laughs> Birth. She did. Yeah. So that wasn't her finest hour. <laughs> really. And um, she was filming something actually. Really. Uh, with nobody in particular. So yeah. it looks quite trashy. Should we talk about the Oscar nom? Yeah, Mira has two faces. Yeah. Which she expected to win. <laughs> and you look back on it, and I think people just expected her to win because of who she was. Not necessarily because of the precursors or anything, I don't think. Um, no, it's sort of like a Glory Stewart thing. Yeah. I think people half expected Glory Stewart to win. Mm. but and, and she won the SAG, didn't she? Something like that. Recall, mm. but um, I but, believe yeah. Binoche won the the BAFTA, but it was after the fact, back then in the nineties. Anyway, but Binoche um, was in the Best Picture winner. Yeah, um, quite a big role for a supporting, huge role win. for a support, supporting win. Yeah, well, no, I wouldn't say it's half the film. It was forty percent? Would you say in the present? Yeah. Well, the thing is, it it it's the framing device for the film. It's not the heart of the film. Yeah, the heart of the film is not that um, Juliet Binoche talks to um, uh, some bloke with a load of burns. The, the, <laughs> it, it's the story that the guy is telling, and then the, her little romance with the Indian guy is purely incidental. Really, I, 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 I'm okay with it being a supporting nomination, but it is a very, very big one. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but um, 
I think she does, Bacall does knock that. She has one scene, basically, where she talks about what it was like to be pretty when she was younger. And she does knock it out of the park. She I thought is really... she was good. Um, the film's complete dross, you know. That film exists, so that's one of those ones that existed where Babs just got <laughs> a load of blokes to tell her how gorgeous she was. <laughs> <laughs> that you said that about the Prince of Tides. Yes! <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> I sense the theme. <laughs> the chorus, if you will. Oh, dear. Okay. Preconceptions? Yeah. Okay, yeah, preconception corner for this week. Uh, we are doing Finding Vivian Meyer, Hector and the Search for Happier, Happiness, Blood Ties, and The Congress. Right, so uh, did you have any preconceptions for Finding Vivian Meyer? I, you told me you'd seen it. Yep. Which is why I saw it, and I saw it was relatively short, so that appealed to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the title, mm. and it's like... I'm getting a little bit tired of documentaries. We're getting like looking for Richard, searching for Bobby Fisher, yeah. searching um, for Sugar Man, searching for Sugar Man. It's like, oh well, you know. I hope you do find it then. In that case, um, but I didn't know anything about the woman, so I was I, going into it quite blindly. I did because my mother had watched um, a Storyville on it just the other week on the BBC. I think it was. Um, Alan Yentob or something like that's got a uh, documentary thing on one of the BBC channels and mum had seen it, had seen okay. half of it. Uh, so she told, so I knew it was about a street photographer. I uh, had seen some of her pictures because mum had shown me at work. And um, did you like? Uh, uh, I thought they were interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I uh, knew that um, uh, she had. Uh, they just found all these in a lockup after she died. Okay. That's quite a lot. Yeah, I, I, so I knew I, I knew what I was watching. I'd heard of the film. Um, yeah, yeah, but I did. I mean, I didn't know. And it is it, it is out around me this week, so I would have like had a look anyway. Um, Hector in the search for happiness. Um, Simon Pegg, I uh, doesn't particularly appeal to me uh, when he acts. The uh, Rosamund Pike especially appeals to me whenever um, she's in front of my eyes. Um, I didn't know who directed it. Um, uh, I was expecting, just from the sort of plot rundown, something a bit in the vein of Secret Life of Walter Mitty, just in the sort yeah. of hole. But and I was hoping it wasn't going to be more Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> um, and uh, I knew that Wendy I had given it one star in the Times and said that her tip for happiness was avoiding this film. And you still went to see... <laughs> well, I had to see something. <laughs> I... Um... I might have seen Did I just it. say that Rosamund Pike was in it? That's true. That's a reason enough. Um, I... I've had a long day at work. I needed Rosamund Pike at that point at the point of the day. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> in one form or another. There comes a point in, in, in every man's day when Rosamund Pike, Rosamund Pike is a necessity. <laughs> um, I... Uh, I was put off because of the t- press reaction on Twitter was saying it was racist um, okay. and not very funny. Right. So that put me off seeing it, and I ra- would have rather seen a documentary that might be more mm. uh, classy. Yeah. So that's why I saw Vivian Meyer rather than yeah. this. Okay. Simon uh, bl- Pegg wouldn't have been 
a negative, especially, but, you know, he's fine. No, uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I thought the World's End was okay. I quite like Hot Furs. I don't like Shaun of the Dead. I th- he's a bit hit and miss, but, I mean, I don't, I don't hate him by any stretch of the match. Um, what was the one with Kirsten Dunst, um, uh, How to Lose Friends and Alienate People? It's okay with about 17 million Ys, but um, he's not a massive plus for me, but he's not that much of a negative. Okay. Blood Ties? Blood Ties. Um, I knew that this was directed by Guillaume Cane, and I'd seen Tell No One and didn't like it. Yeah, uh, that was a big splash on DVD, wasn't it? And uh, everyone was like, oh, because... Hitchcockian. Because when, when, yeah, when you're a film geek, which obviously we are, I mean, yeah. because yeah, well, obviously we are, when you're a film geek and people see like a foreign film that they really liked, they they, they come up to you with such enthusiasm. <laughs> it is like clubbing a baby seal. You're like, yeah, I thought it sucked. <laughs> or, 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 or you thought, oh, it's all right. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant! But you don't, but you don't want to say that you don't like it, do you? No, it's no, like, you never oh, do. It's so awful because you know they, they've done so well. <laughs> yeah, no, because you, you really like. So this, it's like when my mate Dan went to see Rustin Bow and he banned his wife from taking him to see French films. <laughs> <laughs> he said it's the third one in a row I've had it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I. Oh, where were we? <laughs> um... <laughs> Tell no one. <laughs> Tell no one. I people were going, it's, it's, it's Hitchcockian delight yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. And I watched it, I thought, this is so, it's just derivative and it's yeah. very non-eventful. For yeah. Me. Um, very predictable, I thought. Dull, I would have said. Mm. Um, I didn't see Little White Lies, which was his latest film. I tried, I got about half an hour in, 45 minutes, and I just turned it off. I did really? not care about anybody and it just wasn't funny. Oh dear, okay. Uh, as an actor, I think he's quite good. Yes, uh, yeah. but he's not in this. I thought this was in English, in French, which is wrong because mm. <laughs> I hadn't read the cast list. That the you only thought person... Kunis Lingus was going to be uh, <laughs> from <laughs> the Blaine. only person I knew that was in this was Marion Cotillard. Oh, you didn't know Clive Owen was in it? No. Okay. I didn't know the story, so I was actually quite um, ill prepared for this mm. one. I kind of knew the story. I um. Uh, didn't get around to seeing it um, because uh, I really want to. I really want to put it in a different way, other than saying I have a social life. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, film, you know, films come out on on Friday, and we do this usually on a Monday or a Tuesday. So you've got yeah. to have to go out. Yeah, there's only so many films you can see. We pretty much see one. One, <laughs> one a day, day is good yeah. for us. Yeah. Um, the scramble plus, plus if we had any more, the, the podcast would be two hours long. So. Yeah, the, the amount we rabbit on. Exactly. We spent half. We spent five minutes earlier talking about Manchester and. <laughs> <laughs> Can't cut that out now. Um, no. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so okay. So is that it? Did you not have anything? Did you want to see it or not? Um, I knew I want. I was sort of kind of I, the cast interests me because I quite like everybody in it. But when I heard it was about like seventies crime and like it's sort of like that wasn't as interesting to me. So the the the, the cast interested me more than the potential setting. Okay. Mm. Uh, Congress. When you saw it, preconceptions were the Congress when I saw it in back in October. <laughs> God. Um. Uh, Ari Fullman, who did Waltz with Bashir, I liked Waltz with Bashir. I didn't think it was the second coming of the Lord or anything, but... Mm, of our heart. 
I'm not going to say anything better than that. I might as well just give up. We're just going to stop the podcast now because I, I will not get a better comment. So ended on take on me. Oh, you know what? Fine. <laughs> well, yeah, because no, for, for for something that that good, yeah, go you go with it. I'll accept it. But you can't have. He's got to be the aha one. Not even that bloody. What was it? A one. Oh God. Don't. We'll get back to Leeds. That was back to Leeds. That was in heaven, unfortunately, <laughs> and that was my hell. Uh, yeah, Ari Fullman. <laughs> Waltz of Bashir, very interesting animation. Mm. I thought yes. this was... I think I thought that this was full animation at the time. Yeah. Um. So I was quite looking forward to it. Yeah. I I, I thought it was going to be the Waltz of Bashir rotoscoping thing the whole way through. Um, so it was a little surprise. Would that have been a plus? Not necessarily. It's mm-hmm. just a style choice. Um, I, I I really like Waltz with Bashir. I didn't. Um, I think I gave it like a really high four stars. I think the, I think the, the way that he made the film, uh, suit was the best way to suit telling this, that particular story. Yeah. So I think that was a really uh, strong directorial choice. I did. I didn't think it was a gimmick at the, uh, watching it. But it's like um, that missing picture. Yeah. Which he didn't think mm. that was necessarily the best way, right? Mm. Yeah, and um, uh, Robin Wright, um, I I really like um, mm-hmm. Private Lives of Pippa Lee. She's just awesome, brilliant, fantastic performance. Yeah, which I don't think we've ever actually mentioned before, have we? Apart from to say no, how um, bad Maria Bello and uh, is it Winona? Winona's in it. Yeah. Oh, they're so bad. Ne- uh, the, film the film isn't too great either, but she, it's uh, she Danny does... Day Lewis's wife slash Arthur Miller's granddaughter. Mm. Granddaughter. Yeah, is it um, Re- Rebecca? Yeah, Rebecca Miller. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, see. I quite liked Bella Jack and Rose. Shut up, P. You're not doing a digression. Sorry. But, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, yeah. But Robin Wright. She's just. I think. She, I think I've got a second narrowly. Yeah. I can't remember who to actually. It's probably Paprika. I think it's Paprika Steam for me that year. It's oh nine, I think. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, can't remember. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I'll have a look. But yeah. Oh, can I just randomly pin something totally obscure? That year, there is a film, a Danish film called Miss Kiki. It's K I C K I, and it stars Penilla August, and she is really good in it. Really, 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 really good. If you've seen her anything, any me. of the Bergman stuff. Call girl. I know. <laughs> <laughs> if you, it's 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 a really nice little watch. I got a little a sort of lost in translationish vibe with Ooh. it. I think I I think it, a lot of people would like it, and uh, the few people that I know who have followed that recommendation did really like it, or really like her at the very least. Okay, mm. was that two thousand nine? Yes. Excellent. Um. So, yeah, Robin Wright. <laughs> 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 you, it's you, it's you, you were, I interrupted you. Yeah, I like it. Um, always happen. Uh, but as the film goes into, uh, she didn't have the greatest of careers, or hasn't had the greatest of careers. No, mm. which we might talk about later. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay, so uh, we're going to go straight into uh, Finding Vivian Meyer, which I assume, um, well, no, you're going to uh, make me do the Congress. You're going to make me do, I've got to do Hector, so you're doing this one? I'll do this one. Yeah, yes. not too bad. Yeah. Okay, so 
Find a Vivian Meyer. So, um, it starts with a history student explaining that he went to an auction house to look for inspiration for his project about uh, the neighbourhood in America. <laughs> it's a neighbourhood in America. It's New York, isn't it? New York yes. or Chicago? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was just thinking as you were saying that in the least heterosexual of ways. <laughs> <laughs> How do you mean? <laughs> just, what are you going to do in your spare time? You know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go to an auction house for inspiration on a Saturday afternoon. I would say it's asexual, not heterosexual. <laughs> And I'll tell you what, in the course of this film, I don't know how he has the time to get laid. No, so, no, but anyway. the man is obsessed. <laughs> but anyway, some people have got higher aims, you know. Yes. Um, so he's doing a project about his neighbourhood. Um, he ends up buying at the auction house a box full of old uh, negatives. Yep. Pictures, of, yeah. of, pictures of the city and other things. Mm-hmm. These turn out to have been taken by a photographer and nanny named Vivian Meyer, and in the rest of the film, um, there are interviews with people who knew the woman, and there are attempts to tap into the kind of person she was, and why she didn't show her photographs to anyone else, and kept them locked away. Mm. Pretty much. Yeah. And it's a really wonderful story, like, in terms of how it came to light. Mm-hmm. Like, it's sort of like the stuff dreams are made of, really. Like, for this guy who's just suddenly stumbled upon a gold mine. Eh, but... Literally. <laughs> <laughs> no, apparently her uh, photographs can go for over a thousand uh, apiece. Yeah. Now. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he'll... S- well, maybe this is giving him too much the benefit of the doubt. But you would imagine there's going to be some kind of trust. Mm. Vivian my trust or whatever. Mm. But it's like... It's sort of like, I like that it's her life in pictures. Yes. You know, it's, you can see in the pictures how, she, what she may have been like. You can see her thought process and personality. What, yeah. what she What she's interested in. Yeah. And it's quite scary that all this stuff could easily have just ended up in a landfill somewhere. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, I think for me, this, um, this sort of goes in this as a documentary this goes in two different directions it goes in the sort of uh, following him trying to figure out stuff about her yeah and uh, or, try, or 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 the procedural of him getting her work to be I mean, this is more what i mean get the procedural of him uh, getting her work to be seen and raising the profile combined with him then digging into the past to find out about her um, I think as a documentary, it works better as a procedural following him trying to get the work out because there's no ambiguity there or uh, what have you. Now, I suppose the more interesting topic is the psychology behind uh, why she wouldn't show anybody or what have you. But there's a lot of um, skating over and guesswork in the actual uh, digging into the past yeah. part of it. Yeah. So that's why I think it's less successful as a documentary in that respect for that half of it. The of problem it, the problem is that, yeah, I don't think it is that profound when it's trying to dig into her mentality because I think she obviously wouldn't let people into that. Yeah. And there's only so much you can get from that. But at the same time, 
I think he might have just thought, well, I need to get this out. Mm. I need to get this film out. And at what point do you say, I've got enough footage yeah. to edit it all and make a film? When he's obviously trying to publicise her work. Yeah. And for his probably... own ends as well, because <laughs> yeah, let's be frank about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and I'd like to think there's going to be a book eventually mm. with more information than this. That but... ends up on my coffee table sometime. Yeah, well, it's yeah, but it, maybe it is a little bit rushed and underthought, and mm. there aren't enough proper observations about her. Mm. I mean, you, you, I sort of kind of think that if there was ever going to be a documentary on her, it would be her making it in the style of Sarah Polly, with stories we tell. It's like, well, <laughs> if it, oh, like this, someone's got a hold of the story and says, so she's like, right, no, I'm taking complete ownership of this. What was that old um, cousin just in the booth somewhere <laughs> narrating? God. But well, this is kind of what I mean. It's like, it's not a spoiler um, in, in terms of, they, it's like they said, where did, where and where was she at this point in her life? And, they, and then they suddenly uh, say that uh, two uh, uh, guys who she used to uh, be a nanny to had got her a place. Where are those two guys in this film? They just dropped in out of nowhere. So clearly they knew her much later on in their life, which is what he's trying to dig into. And obviously they've refused to... He knows who they are and they've refused to um, uh, participate in it. Probably. Yeah. One would those... assume because oh. they know that she wouldn't have wanted all this. That's the only thing you can guess. But we're, are we assuming that those are the people who had the access to the locker at the beginning? Um... Well, I don't know. Because he said they were paying for it. Mm, probably, yeah. Uh, it's because mm. it's surprising that they weren't involved in that. Yeah, yeah, and then I suppose the other thing is they've missed out on a. Maybe they just really pissed off with him because they've missed out on a fortune. True. Yeah. Actually, I mean, I I think I warmed to the guy, um, because he seemed to be honest. Frankly, about genuinely enthusiastic as well. Very enthusiastic about the work. Very sort of, I mean, the the self doubt to do with him releasing the work and whether she yeah. wanted it. I thought that was a little bit forced, yeah. honestly. Yeah, 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 yeah. For drama and the documentary. Yeah. Oh, I did never knew if I was actually going to coin it in or not. <laughs> it was a real philosophical battle for me. <laughs> <laughs> but then the I... nights I grappled with that rather than with <laughs> someone. <laughs> But then 98% of people probably would have done the same. Of course, yeah. So you can't... I would have done the same because I think that, you know, it's like people deserve to see it. You know, it just feels like such a waste if it's not being on, on show. I like the line that he said. That he said, I, I didn't know if they were any good, but I knew I thought they were good. Mm. And, um, that, that, and that's, that's a lot about, obviously, he wasn't that savvy at the beginning about art. Photography mm. and art and things like that. But what do you think about the? Because um, this is pretty much a talking head documentary. Yeah. So what do you think about the people that are featured? Do you think there's people none of them are as hot as none, none of them are as hot as Sarah Polly's sister. Oh, God, uh, that's the first go. thing. <laughs> well, Elizabeth's safe then. <laughs> no, I think Elizabeth's got that covered. Anyway. <laughs> Um, I think um, the uh, I pre I preferred the interviews with the uh, 
the adults who were employing her rather than the children who had been um yeah uh yeah me too uh, the friend those... carol is it carol um yeah the friend and then the one with the um uh, glasses who who uh, was claiming Who've... Yeah, who Which, fired her and was guilty about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's that um, th- th- Those two were the, were the most interesting uh, ones for me. And uh, when you um, when you are sort of like disparately like jo- jumping between um, jumping between like job to job or or what have you, um, you need um, you need you, you do need someone someone interesting to ground you in each one so you sort of know, uh, you, you you get lost in the years you sort of forget who was first or whatever yeah uh, because they do jump around a bit um uh i i did like that he sort of kept the, some of the stuff in with that was sort of like um made it made her like character a bit darker because obviously she's a very very weird woman I agree it was yeah it wasn't i think though that you could tell that he would have done that anyway just because the way he was he felt like he had to give justice to the whole picture. Like he seemed very responsible as a documentarian. You, you, you don't want to make her a saint just because exactly. you're trying to flog her pictures. Yeah, <laughs> and it also doesn't help. Um, it also helps to kind of. It's a bit of juice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Quite frankly, but it. I mean, it does the job that it should do. It makes her seem interesting. It makes you want to. Um, look more into her, really, yeah. and look more into her work. And that's the that's the whole point. I mean, after um, I saw the WikiLeaks documentary, I thought, right, I don't want to know anything more about June Assange ever. And then, unfortunately, I had to watch the bloody film with Cumberbatch. Um, <laughs> I didn't see either. <laughs> Dodge that bullet. No, they were fine. <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, grade for Vivian Y. The the film, not the uh, art, not the photographer. <laughs> the film, not the art. It's a very, 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 very high B. Right. I am going to go with uh, high three stars, six out of ten. Okay. Hmm. So tell me about Hector and the search for happiness, and Hector, whether whether yeah. he found it and whether you did. <laughs> Hector and the search for happiness uh, is about a psychiatrist played by Simon Pegg named Hector, who is going out with Rosamund Pike. So, really, this film, Hector and the Search for Happiness, should be two seconds long. He comes home one day, looks at Rosamund Pike, end credits. (laughs) Because... (laughs) Thin. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what else do you want (laughs) in life, really? Thin, and then the opposite of the opening shot of Lost in Translation. That's the closing (laughs) shot. Not the opposite, what, when you have a face the other way? Well, no, you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the opening shot of 21 grams. <laughs> um, no, so basically, she is literally doing everything for this guy. She's even, she's even tying his ties for him. Uh, he's a complete boob. He um, has this really boring uh, uh, job with these randoms coming into his office just spouting off their banal problems. And um, uh, Pike's obviously wasn't Pike, and she's got all her. Um, uh, she uh, her job is to make up names for drugs, and uh, oh my god! Yeah, I know. And so uh, one day he uh, does he, he gets told he just basically decides that he's uh, not that happy, and he wants to go off on a on a, on a world tour, and uh, <laughs> not take Pike along with him. 
and just ditch her and then fly, fly off to uh, uh, Beijing in, 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 in the least Will Smith of ways in the pursuit of happiness. So is it Eat, Pray, Love then? It's more Eat, Pray, Love than... Uh, it really... It, I think it wants to be um, uh, Ben Stiller, but it's not. You, um, did, you didn't read Eat, Pray, Love because that was harsh. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was like just divorced woman whining about a marriage and whining about men. For, it was horrendous, honestly. It's like the vagina monologues for, for marriage. <laughs> Oh god, I, c- I can't believe I got through it. Anyway, <laughs> is it like the bar staff at the station have to put up with me talking to them on a Saturday <laughs> night? <laughs> oh, oh dear. Right. Um. So yeah, uh, there are a lot of cameos in this. Uh, so Stellan Skarsgård is um, some bloke, he, some rich banker he meets on a plane on the way over to China, who then of course like. Comes out with one of the, this isn't a funny film. This probably I probably chuckled or laughed about three or four times over the course of the whole thing. One of the ones was where um, um, uh, Skarsgård, even though he doesn't really like him, sort of like decides to take take him out on the town in uh, in uh, China, and uh, they're having a meal um, in the top of this high restaurant. And he just goes, "Whoever said money can't buy you happiness? Fuck you!" <laughs> and, and that's basically the funniest thing in the film, and it's it's mildly amusing, and. Uh, there's just some really, really depressingly. Oh, you said racist from the reviews. I'd say sexist, quite frankly, because mm. uh, out in China, the first thing he does is he meets some random bird, Lucy Lou lookalike, who uh, falls around all night, who he's gonna shag, but then guess what? He falls asleep, and then turns out next next day it's a true romance situation, and uh, uh was paying for her all night, and then Peg gets really angry because he like quite liked her, and, and thinking, well, why you've got Rosamund Pike? Um, but B, obviously she was a prostitute, you idiot. I mean, if, uh, didn't you, didn't you read the next page in the script, son? And, uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, it, it just doesn't sit well. It's like, and then he goes over to Africa to meet up with some bloke, um, a mate of his who is, um, uh, in a war-torn, in a war-torn country and, um, a, a doctor at a clinic. And he goes right, he meets someone on the plane, she invites him out to dinner and then, like, randomly some, uh, her smoking, uh, hot, um, daughter is like, getting down to her underwear um, for him as well. So it's literally, and then he, when he's Skyping Pike, she's like about to go out and she's walking around in lingerie and all that sort of stuff. And it's just like, it's designed for 15-year-old boys to go, <gasps> pants, pants. Oh. <laughs> it's just, it's quite pathetic, really. Um, the, the how designed it is. To so what like, is, is he cheating on Pike? Oh, is, no. are they just not together? They're just no, like, so, so, having no, a break or whatever? No, yeah, he, he's decided that um, uh, it, uh, being with her wasn't live stream. <laughs> and and he, he's like, yeah, that's it. He's got a picture of like some bird who he used to um, uh, be together with, who he's not who he's not with anymore, blah, 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 blah. And of course, so of course, the last one, he goes to LA and meets Tony Collette, who is said bird. And... Oh. Uh, when it gets to her, she starts having a go at him and saying how she's not the person that he's been fantasizing about, what have you. And it says so little insight. Because the whole way through, he's like been writing notes because he's supposed to be writing a book because he's a psychologist. He wants to know what, what how people are happy so his patients can be happy. He's writing this book with just like... This is why I'd hated it because he's just got all these really like banal statements about um, the fortune cookie stuff about happiness. Maybe happiness is loving more than one woman at the same time or after he's just tried to 
shag a oriental bird. Um, God, it sounds so sexist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, and then, of course, he's like chasing after her because it's the sort of what if. And you Was could... this paid for by FHM? No, a load of Germans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> literally. Um, and you could actually just have her smack him down and actually put some genuine insight into it, but the film has no interest in doing that because, it, and I suppose you could say it's a comedy, but uh, if it's not funny... And you and you're not saying and you and you and you are trying to say all these like big things about happiness. There is one word that describes that down to a T. Dictionary definition: it's pretentious as hell. It is just claiming this great importance to his journey and what he's saying and uh, his, this philosophy that he, and this uh, awakening that his character is supposed to be going through. But his character isn't coming through to an awakening because I mean, obviously he's with Bottom and Pike. <laughs> and apparently the only way he can be happy is if he doesn't tie his tie for him in the morning whoopty frigging do it's just oh. no no tiresome chore of a film chore deep, of a film deep breath Jean Reno's in it as well and Tony Collette they deserve better they really really do and um, no it, it Every, all these, all, everything this film tries to do fails on so many levels. It tries to do, say these big grand things about um, the human, the human condition, and just uh, fails miserably. And it's yeah, it's literally pretentious. It's it's the most pretentious film I've seen since the Da Vinci Code. What? What do you mean? <laughs> well, because the Da Vinci Code takes this completely risable subject matter and treats it. Oh yeah, the yeah, Vinci yeah, Code. The yeah. Vinci Code's utter rubbish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tree takes itself so seriously. I'm just amazed you haven't seen like a um, Regardus film or something <laughs> worse than that. White, white Ribbon or something like that. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> Great. Three out of ten. Okay. And that's that. I feel like I'm being really kind giving this two stars. Okay. I've remembered why I gave it two stars and not one. Why? Uh, because there's this really good Chinese inflected cover of a um, gorilla's song when they first go to China. <laughs> and it's really cool. Was it Clint Eastwood? That one. That's not Clint Eastwood. The other one oh, um, Feel Good Ink. No, no. It's not feel good, but you know the one I mean. What is that? Yeah, and they've got like they have like kids singing in it, don't they? At some point as well. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we keep that in the We're sing off. That the sing off too. <laughs> okay, blood ties. Right. Uh, this is um. God, I wish I wish you'd seen this. Yeah, just so not... I, why, just so I can like besmirch uh, Elizabeth Olsen. No, just so you can do the plot. Oh, really? Is it that bad? <laughs> okay, set in New York, nineteen seventy-four. Ruby D walks up to a house and exclaims to Denzel Washington. <laughs> You've got to do the impression now. No, you got to. No. no. <laughs> oh God, this is where you like got to. Gonna get it from YouTube and just put it in, <laughs> pipe it in. <laughs> um, it's 1974. It's um Clive Owen 
who's apparently 50 in this, um, has just been released from prison um, after several years following a gangland murder. Is it wrong that I thought you were going to say um, bank job that Spike Lee filmed? <laughs> That's true. God, did you like that? Because I haven't met anybody who doesn't like Inside Man, and I just thought I... it was... Ugh. I, I, the first time I, the first time I saw it, I thought it was okay, uh, but I really hated Jodie Foster in it. And then the second time I saw it with my brother, I liked it a bit more. Where once I knew where it was going, but I still think it's just decent. I don't think it's amaze balls or anything. Yeah, it's not mine. <laughs> given the choice between, well, no, I, I do think it's. Quite, I was about to say, given the choice between that and um, so undercover, I'd choose so undercover, but I really wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> what about lol? <laughs> Well, there's nothing as as inherently entertaining as the chicken scene in <laughs> LOL. Or, <laughs> or the What's a Did, Brazilian? <laughs> yeah. Just Demi and Miley's bathroom chat. <laughs> oh, is she doing another film? We've got it. Are we just going to start reviewing songs of hers? What, Miley? Yeah, she got another film out. Well, you while I do the plot, you can check. <laughs> You know, my, you know, crap! My computer is—it's not <laughs> responding. Sorry, you, Peter. <laughs> okay, so Clive Owen's been released from prison. Waiting for him is his younger brother, younger brother Billy Crudup, um, who is a cop. Uh, the two of them have always been very different. <laughs> surprisingly, uh, their father's James Khan, who was this kind of raised them alone. Um, Hoping that his brother's changed, Billy Crudup's character helps Clive Owen find a job, reconnect with his children and his ex-wife, who's Marion Cotillard. Right. Um, but he doesn't stay on the straight now for long. Meanwhile, Billy Crudup gets involved with his ex-girlfriend, who's Zoe Saldana. Oh my god. Despite the fact that her boyfriend, Matthias Schoenartz... What? Yes. ...is a violent criminal. So there's lots of drama. There's lots of <laughs> men in this. Um, so uh, it's cinema de look, isn't it? Look, it's, it's instead of like the cinematography, it's just the people, the actors on show. Yeah, it's like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mm. Um, no, but it desperately wants to be We Own the Night, and it's got the exact same plot line. Really. If it um, doesn't have Eva Mendes. Was Eva Mendes doing cr- cracking that well? Well, it's got... Oh, and Mila Kunis... Sorry, Clive Owen's girlfriend is Mila Kunis. So Clive Owen flitters between Mila Kunis and Marion Cotillard. It's a hard life, Did Seth MacFarlane write this? <laughs> is it because he's the hottest guy in New York and not Boston? <laughs> he's not the hottest guy anywhere with this haircut. Oh... Um, it, but uh, I loved We Own the Night. Mm. I th- I know you're not a fan, but I thought it was all right. Yeah, I I just thought it was very thoughtful with the relationships, and I bought the relationships in it. Mm. Um, it's but this film's set in the same era. It's set in the same city. Uh, it's about two brothers, one of which is a cop, one of which is a criminal. Yeah. Um, and it, it's even got a similar ending. What in the reeds? Was not it, in the not it, in the reeds, but just 
the themes and the I general. can't remember. I, I can't believe I actually remember something about that film apart from even Mendes. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Do I remember Blondie in the club? No. Oh, God. Was Debbie Harry actually in it? No. Just Heart of Glass. That's, um, train, that's train spotting, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's... Um, what's that one? Uh, I'm not back to Leeds now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it's like... This is where you, Kelly MacDonald, you'd probably it's... think she was from like Essex or something. <laughs> <laughs> this The editing in this film is a train wreck. Really? Um, there's massive gaps in the plot line, especially towards the end. But I kind of feel like this was three hours long and they've had to cut it down to two and a bit. Yeah. Because his last film was long, right? Little um, White Lies, I think it was like two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah, um, oh, I didn't get anywhere near it, but yeah, it was really long. Yeah. And um, Tell No One wasn't short either. Oh, no. So it, it's like, I feel like he's just dragged this on, which is fair enough. If he wants to make it a three-hour film, you know, bully for would him. It, would but... it work better as a mini-series, or is it just not that interesting? It's just not that interesting. Yeah. But the fact that they've cut it down makes it even less interesting and more beguilingly badly made. Right. So it's like there's certain life events, like a death happens quite near the end, and you're like, "Oh, where's that come from?" You know. Right. And there's there's a marriage that happens out of the blue. The last sequence is very abrupt, and it feels like it's come from nowhere. And it's sort of like um, with Plays Beyond the Pines. Yes. Which I was, you know, I love, but I appreciated. Mm. It's, um... Someone's got to. It, it had the perspective of of three people and three stories there. Yeah. And so this film's got three people it could have the perspective of. It's got Billy Crudup, it's got Clive Owen, it's got Matthias Schoenertz. Mm. All of which have a story, all of which play a major part in what happens near the end. But it mainly focuses on Clive Owen. Is he the least interesting of the three? No. No, he's actually probably the most interesting. Okay. But it's sixty forty in fav- It's like sixty forty or in Crudup, mm. where I feel like it would have been more effective if it had shared it out a bit more, if it had shown us more um, character based scenes mm. instead of plot based scenes, because it's a lot about crime and um, you just don't get. It's like the first segment of the place beyond the pines which i thought was the weakest doesn't show yeah. enough why gosling gets into the life of crime and this starts in a position where it's too far on to really have any affinity with the characters they're too defined too far in their lives um to you know mm. really sense why why they might have got to this position and it's just, it's very, very subdued, strangely, badly written. Um, Marion Cotillard, uh, Guillaume Canet is going out with Marion Cotillard. Has been for years. Yeah. Didn't he, and was he role, with Diane Kruger before? Yes, he okay. married Diane Kruger. Uh, I'm, shaking, I'm shaking my head. Well, he's, you know, he's not shabby. <laughs> no, I think my, my, what's the line I use? My life wouldn't be substantially diminished if I looked like Guillaume Canet. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> you usually use that about William Holden. Yes, yeah. 
I can think of oh, Jude. Jude Law. <laughs> but, um, Rip, circa Ripley, not Anna Karenina. <laughs> well, yeah. It's gone downhill. Well, it just wasn't tanned. You don't get, you don't get tanned in uh, St. Petersburg. <laughs> but the role he's given Marion is just... She's a drug-addled uh, whore madam in this. And it's like... I can't remember her ever being worse. Or uh, ever being less interesting. Dark Knight Arises? No. Because I, I, I don't think she was terrible on that, but a lot of people online really hate her in it. It's not a great role. Mm. The Marcel page. scene in Lamont. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Uh, for people yeah. listening, this is what you call poking the bear. <laughs> <laughs> there are some positives. Apart from Marion, the acting is decent. I think you would dislike Saldana. I think yeah. it might be the Saldana situation. Is she the queen of the Saldana situation? Mm, Owning it. <laughs> yeah, very low rent in this. Um, so it might remind you of Out of the Furnace. <laughs> but it's like... Uh, James Kahn is really, really good. Mm. Um, unsurprisingly. Just gives the best performance of the film. And it's like... He has a scene near the beginning which is really uh, jarringly harsh. Mm. So he's, he seems quite one note, but then the way that the character develops, he actually manages to develop the character, despite the fact that the film's badly edited, Yeah. to actually give some kind of semblance of an art there. So that's actually really impressive on his part. Mm. Um, ups I like Crudup in everything, so it's not a surprise that he's good. I'm 50-50 on him, but I mean, whatever. Yeah. He can be good. And the 70s in general, I think, is quite authentic. It's quite drained of colour. The production designs, sort of ramshackle, like ramshackle parts of town, and it's quite seedy, but it's not in your face seedy. Yeah. So that's done well. It's just, but it's the writing and the directing and the editing, so it's quite big. <laughs> big elements Sweeping of the flaws. film are yeah. bad, yeah. So it's C minus blood ties. Okay. Right, so film of the week. Allegedly. Film of the week. <laughs> is it? I don't, um, I don't well, even know anymore. <laughs> it's the only uh, it's the only Oscar nominated filmmaker. True. Of it, the in of the in film and it's got the most interesting performer this week as well, I would say. Um, yes, definitely. In Film Geekdom, this is the film of the week. Which is the Congress. Which you want me to talk about. Please. Right. Um, the Congress is about Robin Wright. Or about <laughs> a, a version of Robin Wright. I think she's Robin Wright in this, in the way that Paul Giamatti was Paul Giamatti in Cold Souls. Um, okay. And uh, she is... Uh, given an offer from uh, the head of a studio called Miramount. <laughs> I see what you did there, Mr. Foreman. <laughs> um, which is the last uh, job offer she'll ever get, which uh, her agent, played by Harvey Keitel, is uh, willing her to take on. 
which is that uh, the future of cinema is that uh, actors and actresses will be scanned and therefore all of their uh, uh, emotional reactions will, uh, will be uh, hard coded into the computer whereby they can the computer artists can uh, make uh, a version of you do whatever they want and they will own the rights to put you in any uh, project they see fit and they they uh, will have this for life or depending on what your agent uh, barters uh, yeah. and uh, you are never to act again if you agree to this and for some reason they keep on saying we'll only offer you this once I don't get that at all but um uh, so uh, she is. She's been pressured to get to go for this, and then uh, she eventually, reluctantly, does. Uh, and because uh, she's just on a airport looking after her kids, which I'm sure Robin Wright actually does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a cool place. Yeah, and uh, then it cuts to twenty years later, and the less said about that, the better. Okay. Um. I mean, in terms of spoilerage. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, do you want to talk about Robin Wright? Because uh, what I, I want to talk about is the basic setup of this, because I've I'm, I've basically seen it before, and I've seen it before over a decade ago. Uh, did you ever see uh, Simone, Andrew Nichol? No. Al Pacino. I, I... I know, yeah, I know yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah, and that film wasn't very good, didn't do very well. Well, I think Pacino's quite good, isn't it? And it is about a director who uh, create, who invents this, uh, is given, gets given this software, which is uh, a digital uh, actress, which he can make do whatever you want, and he can make her have a have a act like Marilyn Monroe. He can have a, a, a give it an Audrey Hepburn smile or anything like that, whatever he wants. And so he creates a fake performance and um, uh, shoots a film without an actual lead actress and everybody's saying how great she is and blah, 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 blah. So I've mm. seen this concept in general being yeah. done before and it wasn't that good or that interesting. It was okay. It was interesting up to a point when you're watching the film, but that was done as a satire. And this is done completely seriously for yeah. the first 45 minutes. And it's done for 45 minutes as a setup in, into a two-hour film. And that is too long, and it yes, given given how completely crazy they go in the twenty years later, uh, two thirds of the film, it doesn't build up enough to that to pay off. So I think, well, I kind of really loved the first forty-five minutes. So I would say, like, it built it up for me. It built it up really well, mm. and then lost its way a bit. Yeah. Because a lot, <laughs> yeah, a, a, a decent, yeah, but it's it's like it's split too jarringly. I would actually, after this film, want him to do something live action. Yeah, because the way that the animation utilised in this isn't massively great. I mean, it's interesting to look at. It's very, very colourful and it's very engaging. But depends if you think it's but colourful, a, if you think it's garish. Okay. <laughs> I think it's I, different from Waltz Bashir. It is different from Waltz Bashir. I think some of it is. I think in the hotel room is really interestingly uh, beautiful. Yeah. But then, like the first scene when she gets there, and some of the some of the stuff is just. It's like we're in the Lorax again. But she is the perfect actress 
to play herself in this context because total she, lack of vanity. Yeah, and she she was in the Princess Bride, um, huge film, and she turned down some big roles after that. She started a family. She's she came back. She isn't working for the paycheck. She's working kind of low um, profile films, supporting roles like State of Play, yeah. uh, Moneyball, TV work. Yeah, and she's not the she's she could have been a huge name. Jodie Foster, she she, Jodie Foster thinks she would have been the best actress of her generation. Yeah, and so I think the whole first forty minutes, the prospect of her selling out to this idea mm. means more than if this was Jessica Alba or yeah. Catherine Heigl or someone. You know, it's like it works. It makes it so much more richer, I think, because, because there's a bit because of she sweet- acts it well, and because there's a bit of sweetness to her her personal history as an actress. Yeah, professionally. Well, no, well, no, you know. <laughs> but it's like the scene. I just love the scene with Harvey Keitel where he tells the um, story. Yeah, it, because. I don't know, it's like it's sort of like a morning of her career and um Can I be a savage and tell you my intellectual problem with that scene? Okay. My intellectual problem with that scene is uh you're selling it that this is the last job you're ever gonna have and you're never gonna be able to act after this, right? Yeah. And my problem with it is that she doesn't get to act. And what happens is you have Kaitel tell the scene, and she gets these gen- you, get, you get these genuine emotions out there. So she's not giving a performance. So she doesn't even get the satisfaction of giving one last performance, one last performance, or giving it everything she's got, and go out in a blaze of glory or anything like that. She's just manipulated into giving the reactions that the computer wants. <laughs> maybe she just can't bear to, like, maybe it's, um... or because she's so a problem, such of a problem in inverted commas. <laughs> Uh, oh no, wait, 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 please, I need a moment or whatever. He said, no, I saw this, I'm just going to get it all out of you just by milking you. <laughs> <laughs> but the, it does comment on um, things that are genuine concern for actors. Like, because the whole, well, the whole Andy Circus thing, um, acting debate, whether it should be awards, you know whether that's the direction things might go, performance capture, Jennifer Connelly in Blood Diamond. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> the tear, the digitised tear. Ridiculous. And that but that was a... Um, that's. <laughs> she does it in every single film. Jennifer Connelly can cry on cue. It's just that it was cheaper <laughs> to add, add a digital tear <laughs> than to get her back and do a reshoot. Yeah. Personally, it's like the role pers- of... personally, I'd spend the money just to look at her, but whatever. <laughs> 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 the it's like the role of technology it's, it's a threat yes uh, in some way but then some but then in some ways it's using that for humor as well mm. so you get like i remember there being it's a bit hazy i remember there being a bit of a reference to um kate winslet's oscar win not directly but something to do with the holocaust yeah the yeah, holocaust you could play them both <laughs> you, could be, you could be the um, you could be the uh, the the You could be the woman who um, who, hide, who hides them because <laughs> she's so blonde. <laughs> yeah, 
the Aryan lock. Um, but no, I mean, when it goes into the animated two thirds, mm. I just think it completely loses sense and it's trying too hard. And any, I wish it had been ha- half an hour shorter, honestly. But it doesn't follow on for from this is why I said it didn't build it up well because when if you're going to that completely ridiculously crazy out there thing I don't think what they were looking at I mean they're, they're trying they're trying to underpin an arc with like the, her relationship with the son and it's that isn't that particular that's like the least interesting thing about the first 45 minutes the relationship with yeah. the kids and yeah. to be perfectly fair I don't uh, Frank I don't think they um, actually get to her I don't think they do a good enough job of uh, showing her going from no I'll never do this blah 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 to actually doing it uh and so then when, when it comes in later and then the sun thing becomes the whole overriding thing, when you've made the whole 40, opening 45 minutes about her career, and yes, okay, fine, you're, they're suggesting that um, she had kids and that, and that sort of like took, took away the fear, blah, 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 blah. But, yeah. so you could say, so they're like making a point that like the kids had something to do with um, her um, not having the career that she did. Uh, well, it did, though. Well, yeah, it would have done, yeah. Uh, but that's with any actress, because... Obviously, you've got to turn down roles if you're pregnant. <laughs> I mean, any actress, yeah. it, it, just by getting pregnant, you're going to miss opportunities. Um, and uh, but, but do you not think that the fact that she was in it altered the the way that he approached it, or do you think this could have been anyone? No, I think um, you had you had to have somebody um, who'd had a a relatively unsatisfying career professionally, given a, a very promising start. Mm. I mean, for me, it would be perfect if you cast Lara Belmont in it, but obviously, it's not going to have the, it's not going to have the same mass appeal. Then, is it? Um, I like the thing with the kites. I thought that was quite poignant at the end, but mm. um, yeah, it lost me by that point a long time before, frankly. Okay. Mm. All right, I'm going to give it a B. Yeah, um, let me kindly give this four out of ten. Four, two star, high two stars. It's uh, has a certain amount of interest because I do think the first forty-five minutes is decent. Um, so I'm not going to crap all over the whole film because of that. So yeah, but I, 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 I do too much of it doesn't work for me. Okay. All right. So we we talk about batshit crazy films. Yes. <laughs> Because this is batshit. Well, yeah, in the second half especially. Mm. Um, I actually have three. These are no, may not necessarily be the most batshit crazy films, but they are certainly three batshit crazy films. Okay. Right. I have um, two, and then a lo- two kind of anything by so and so, anything by so and so. Well, one of those so and so is obviously going to be Terry Gilliam. Actually, no. Really, because I've got Tideland written down here. Oh God. <laughs> Oh my god. Can we talk the, about um, how good Joe Del Furland is in that film, just to begin with? Excellent. Wonderful. She's also great in Silent Hill, mm. but the same year. Mm. But yeah, she, just great, yeah. What's she like? She's not in your lineup, is she? I think she was top 10 at some point, but not anymore. Mm. And I don't know what's happened to her, actually. No. Not been seen much mm. lately. 
with J Janet Matea sort of formaldehyde mummifying is what I remember. I'd forgotten about Janet Matea. I remember Jeff Bridges as the <laughs> dad who's dead. <laughs> That's it, yeah, and she's preserving him in some way. Oh my god, so weird. Um, um, you got one? And isn't there something to do with squirrels? I think that's the um, a Sword in the Stone, the Disney one. <laughs> what? No, there's something to do, there's definitely something to do with squirrels. <laughs> yeah, he turns into a fish as well as a squirrel. <laughs> I want to mention the Black Dahlia again. Just but for Fiona Shaw. It, it is absolutely mental. Yeah, that, that Hilary Swank thinks that she looks like Mia Kirshner. It's crazy. <laughs> okay, what else you got? Um, I've got Alphaville. Oh, okay. Because it, that... it starts off for like, it's like that... two halves and then it's Goddard. Yeah. And then the right. second, I mean, what the hell? Have you seen it? No. Oh my god, they've got the most annoying, it's like the computer's got a voice and it's the most annoying thing in the world. And it's just, it's just completely... The second half is just completely at odds with the first, and it's just oh god, total chore, Bill. Rude to chore. <laughs> I want to mention. I've just thought of this. Do you remember the crush? The crush. Alicia Silverstone. Vaguely, now you say it. Alicia Silverstone is at high school, gets a crush on a teacher, and ends up. Um, doing all sorts to try and ruin his life, in which includes putting a lot of bees through the air ventilation shaft into their toilet and nearly killing the wife, and using his leftover, um, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, yeah. Do, do you know what yeah. I'm getting at? Yeah, his leftover, um, waste. <laughs> um to try and imply that he's done stuff. So that's a really mental film. Right. Naked remember. Lunch. I put anything yeah. by David Lynch. Oh, it's, it's Cronenberg. No, Naked Lunch. That I saw that. Um, I think it was like when I was about sixteen years old. The weekend that Princess Diana's funeral was on. It's just off the plot. I'd had beers, but I still think it probably made more sense after I'd had beers. Oh, okay. oh, Videodrome as well, going with James Woods. I quite liked Videodrome. It's crazy, though. Yeah, that's <laughs> that Debbie Harry was in that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Inland Empire. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, anything by David Lynch, you could say. The Razor Head. I think Lost Highway is particularly mm. out there. I, I think more Holland Drive makes a lot more sense when you think about it. Then yeah. Lost Highway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Alright, Shag Mario Kill. Right. Um, I would. Well, I've got to marry Finding Vivian White. It's the only decent film. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and given a choice between uh, watching every week for the rest of my life. No. No, it's Shag. It's Shag. Oh, so watch right now. So watch right now. I'll put up with the sexism right now and just kill the Congress because that's just... Oh. 
I don't. Hector has less of a reason to exist, but I would tolerate him more for, for two hours. Put it that way. Okay. Alright, um, I'm going to marry Vivian Meyer. Mm. I shag the Congress and kill blood ties. Okay. And the Elson factor. Yes, which is <laughs> mercifully doesn't include blood ties. No. Although, you know, people are degland, but you know. No, Kunis is a yes no so, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not enough. Not enough. Yeah. She's not in green. Pair face pen. <laughs> right, um finding Vivian Meyer, um, no Sarah Polly's sister, so escape. For Lizzie, um, Lucy Lou look alike. I'm going to say no just because of the Saldana situation, but not necessarily that the character so disgraceful, but because of the writing was so disgraceful. Uh, same goes for the um, uh, African woman who just got down to her knickers because I was just so mm-hmm. I was just so pissed off that she got down to her knickers. I couldn't find it within my heart to like get aroused. Um, <laughs> Robin Wright, did I just say that? Uh, Robin Wright, um, <laughs> back in the day, would have been a yes. Uh, not anymore. Um, and she's the only real person in it. So, but, well, Sammy Gale's a no. It was Sammy Gale, wasn't it? Mm. Was it? Playing the daughter. I don't know. Look at her. Um, yes, so it's a Olsen factor of two. Okay. Um... The eyes are cringe. Vivian Meyer, there's nobody. Uh, blood ties, we have... Matthias Schoenatz is a yes. <laughs> He's your pike. <laughs> My pike. Always and forevermore. <laughs> um, Billy Crudup's a no, but... You know, he doesn't look any different than he did ten years ago. Mm. Clive Owen's being Hathaway'd. Nah. Uh, um, that's about it. Yeah. Um, the Congress, Harvey, you know. That, that, so yeah, he wouldn't have ever been, would he? No. So it's a 2.0 on the range. Yeah, not a horrendous week. It's not bad. Okay, so we've got a website. It's movepodcast.com. You can submit your questions and um, see all our grades for everything. Catch up in the archive. We're on Twitter. At Move for Podcast, Facebook in the Move for Podcast. Uh, we have our blogs. <laughs> have slash had. Moribund. <laughs> uh, next week we have Scarlett Johansson and Lucy. That sound you can hear is uh, Elizabeth Olsen quietly weeping in, <laughs> into her pillow. <laughs> it looks like Scarlett Johansson's salt. Yes. Slash yeah. Hannah. Yeah. Hopefully there's some chemical brothers in the soundtrack. <laughs> that would help. We've got Eric Banner in a film called Deliver Us From Evil. That, that title's been used before. Mm-hmm. We have Marion Cotillard in The Dardens, Two Days, One Night. Preconception Mile. Pre- oh, God. No, Dark Cotty on the Dardens. I, I'm no, they'll really, look at the moment in the sun again, though, I'm won't they? I'm so excited for that. Right, I, I actually I bought a copy of Empire. I think I was saying this. Are I you still... that excited? I think no, you're that yeah. much of a fan. No, I, I didn't even read 
anything. They had a whole interview with Cotillard, like a three-page interview, and the review, and I didn't read anything about it because I don't want to know anything about it. Okay, I do know a bit. No, but so that I only do that when I'm really interested in something. It's like when I like before midnight. <laughs> we yeah before mid no, before midnight and the worst one. The one I behaved most immaturely for was my Blueberry Nights, where I completely boycotted knowing anything about the Cannes Film Festival, to the point that a year later I watched the film and thought, looked on the awards like, oh, he won Best Actor at Cannes. Didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, every time the um, it's a, the, the uh, trailers came on, I used to put, take my coat, put it over my head, and put my fingers in my ear. Well, don't look at the synopsis. I'm not looking but, at anything. Um, two Days, One Night is available on the Curzon website. Already? As of Friday. I think I think it's out near me, near me anyway. I think I'm going to be able to see it on the big screen. Okay. So we will definitely catch up with that one. Um, we also ha- There's also Into the Storm, um, yes. which is a found footage film about tornadoes. Um, Twist, Twister, Six... this time it's personal. <laughs> this, Sin City, a dame to kill for. Yeah, with the banned posters of Eva Green. It's not Dame Judy Greer. No. Or Judy Dench. <laughs> um, and then there's Daniel Radcliffe and Zoe Kazan. <laughs> no. I'm not dealing with that pedal crap. <laughs> Isn't there someone fun in it? Yes, is, um, uh, it's your, your boy Adam, Adam Driver. Yeah, your boy Adam Driver, isn't it? Yeah. Do you mean my boy? <laughs> you, you know who he is for a start. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh god, no! It's just, oh, I've just such a pro- intellectual problem with Hollywood. Like, it, it's like the conversation with them. Um, what was it? Was that, that rom com where they actually say really? Uh, they actually finally got round to it. It's like he's just not that into you, or was it? What was the one where? Jennifer Goodwin is the main character, basically. Yeah, she was great. And they were saying that um, uh, all of your... I think you see the Conley or Aniston has this scene with her, and they say, all that your friends... All your friends have a story about um, some uh, couple who met randomly eight years later, blah, 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 and got together, all this sort of stuff. And it's all just hope. You're just giving these pe- people who are depressed... Uh, blind hope that it'll all turn out well in the end, and it doesn't in real life. And of course, the problem with that film is that it just craps up all over um, the point that it actually tries to make. And so that is my problem with films like this. It's just, it's just, it's just peddling to all the all these like lads out there who really fancy a girl who actually doesn't actually want to be with them because they're with someone else. And it's like this sort of film is saying, "Hang in there, boys. It will happen for you." <laughs> Sod off. All those, um, all those nerds with Harry Potter glasses. Yeah. All the, as if Daniel Radcliffe isn't actually. Good looking. <laughs> well, he's not. Well, he's not bad. Put it that way. Getting his schlong out on stage when Richard Burton wasn't around. <laughs> Which is just the wrong moment. Let's face it. That's the most random Echoes mention I'm ever going to give. <laughs> anyway, let the uh, were they Danes? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Let them take it away. <laughs>